I'm Love and I'm Patience and welcome to Let's Start Now podcast where we intend to bring you entrepreneurs to inspire, inform and give you an insight into their businesses and how they started. On today's episode, our special guest is a founder of an amazing firm that aims to close the skills gap among the Rwandan college educated youth. She is also a content marketer in the field of artificial intelligence and a bridge to Rwanda scholar. She hopes to be able to help young people realize their full potential, thus creating a social impact. We would like to welcome Alan Kendunga. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure having you on our podcast. Um, how's the new month treating you? It's not new. We're like <laughs> almost in December, but... Well, um, yeah, it's going well. Mm-hmm. We're almost at the end of uh, November, which means things pick up. Yes. Um, yeah, people are trying to wrap up work and prepare for the festival, so oh, yeah. things are a bit faster. Yeah. yeah. But things are good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for 2020? <laughs> uh, I hope so. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. So to start off this interview, we would like to ask your point of view on uh, a quote uh, it just said it's from uh, Frank Sonnenberg mm-hmm. it says lessons in life will be repeated until they're learned do you believe in this? lessons in life will, will be, be repeated, repeated until, until they're learned mm, I think so um, I would agree I mean lessons I think I'm assuming you make a mistake, yeah. you learn from a mistake, and then yeah. you do something differently. I think it's the same idea that if you don't do things differently, you will get the same results. Yeah, true, um, true. Yeah, it's definitely true. If, I, I mean, you can't learn until you know you don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess if you make a mistake or you learn from something, then you can actually think about ways to change and do things differently. True, so, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes the more you repeat something, mm-hmm. the better you get at it. So I yeah. also kind of agree with this. Yeah, because sure. if, Even if you're not making a mistake, even if you're doing it right, yeah. there's other ways of improving always. So Very the more true. you do it, the better. Very yeah. true. All right, let's get into action now. So what is Talent Match and uh, when did you start? Um, Talent Match is a skills development program that mm-hmm. is aiming to close the skills gap yeah. in Rwanda, particularly focusing on um, locally educated students. So when I say locally, I mean educated in Rwanda. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of other you know, students or young professionals who are educated from outside Rwanda. And the reason I focus on locally educated is because I think that's where the biggest gap is. Um, I've seen a lot of other young people who have been able to travel and go study somewhere else. They come back and they have a better view or a different perspective on on life in general. And so 
some of the things you learn when you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And so because most of the locally educated students are at home in their comfort zone, yeah. we want to be able to push that a little bit and see what more we can do and try to bridge that gap. Um, so we started um, 2017, mm-hmm. uh, but we were doing it on a very small scale. Mm-hmm. We were literally working with uh, students, university students that we knew, friends and, mm-hmm. and family cousins. And then I realized the impact was actually, mm-hmm. could be bigger. Yeah. And, and people took uh, the things that I was offering and, my, and people who I was connecting with them, they found it very helpful. Mm-hmm. And so they, a lot of them told me, why don't you do this for all of us? And I asked them, well, do you have career development centers mm-hmm. on your campuses? Mm-hmm. And the answer was always no. Mm-hmm. But a no with kind of a hesitation because it's, it's believed that there are career centers mm-hmm. on university campuses, but they are not effective and active. Yeah. So... I started talent much to be able to provide career services to students and recent graduates. So we're looking at someone who has been out of school for less than two years. Mm. Um, and we put them through a training program, a very intense, mostly all professionals. So we get industry experts to do the training. Um, they go through a training program phase and then we do what we call industry insight visits where we visit companies, organizations to learn more about them. And then we get to a phase where now we trust you can go ahead and look for a job or interview, um, I mean, job interview or yeah, internship. internship or volunteer work. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. We've, um, this year, because I started it when I was in school, mm-hmm. it was a bit slow and it was mostly friends and people who knew what I was doing. Uh, who told the other friends and then when I finished school I realized hey I can do this Um, and actually try to impact more young people especially with Rwanda and where we're going in terms of you know trying to build a knowledge-based economy trying to build the capacity to be able to accommodate all the businesses startups and and everyone who is coming to Rwanda, we need to have the skills yeah. needed to be able to serve everyone who is coming. So that's when I decided, let's do this. Um, and that's how we officially started to do talent much on a larger scale. So, yeah. Wow, nice. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a gap that really needs to be filled. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So getting into the financial bit of things, mm-hmm. um, approximately how much did you start with, if you don't mind us asking? Um, I mean, I cost a lot, I think. So <laughs> being able to give my time, I don't yeah. know if I can put a price on it. Yeah. Um, um, in terms of capital, like seed funding, to be able to run things, I, I got a, a seed fund from... Uh, program, uh, it's a social venture funding uh, program called Resolution mm-hmm. and they were able to give me some money to start with uh, plus self-financing uh, so mm-hmm. most of the operations and the activities I haven't been able to raise of course capital or even bigger grants because we want to first prove uh, yeah, that this works we need to have very uh, well thought out 
not that it's not thought out, but we need to fast show results. Yeah. Um, and so we don't look so much on money as the biggest driver. We look so much at the impact that we're going to make, mm-hmm. and then that impact will eventually bring mm-hmm. money yeah, in. Yeah, true. That's um, very true. Yeah. yeah, so starting, we got just enough to get us started, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't like... Big funding, you know. We're actually now running on a zero budget. So, but but I think for me the most resourceful thing that I have is people around me. So I've been able to still operate and to have trainings, even when I don't have a budget yet, because I have people who are so much willing and see the need, and they can give their time. So I usually approach someone who has been maybe in banking and finance for over five years and ask them, hey, you really are, have experience in this field and we're looking for someone to train on this. Would you be willing to give two hours of your time? And most of the times people will say absolutely. Yes. Um, and so that's how we've been able to finance ourselves, really, is through people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, not the typical way of, you know, yeah. let me raise money and then, you know, get started, yeah. You said um, you got a funding. Do you have um, maybe some advice on someone who's trying to get funding? Mm-hmm. What could they do? Or how did you do it to get funding? Yeah, so I learned about the Resolution Social Venture Challenge. It's uh, a challenge that usually they allow open applications. You apply, then you go to pitch. Mm-hmm. So I went to pitch at a social venture challenge that they were holding at Harvard. Wow. And I pitched and my my idea, we were so many of us, um, talent match got picked among the, uh, the selected. Yeah. yeah. So when you do get, uh, you do win the pitch, like any other pitch competition, of course, you have the mentorship, you have, but then they give you some seed funding because we were all on ideation stage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were other people, but my advice is if you see an opportunity out there, mm-hmm. just give it a try, you, you never know. And ask people, dif- people know different resources. I learned about it because of a friend. A friend knew about, about it and she told me, you should look into it. There are other funding, other funding this, you know, a lot of other social venture, especially social mm-hmm. entrepreneurship okay. focused funding. Yeah. Um, and those are usually, I usually encourage someone who's on ideation stage to go for those. Mm-hmm. Um, because they will, only, they will mostly look at what, social impact are you going to have and how likely are you going to sustain you know the 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 venture yeah, so yeah. yeah i was gonna ask you if you're broken even but money is not um something that you guys i have are, not broken even exactly. I, I mean i am running on a zero budget <laughs> exactly. at the moment, so we definitely have not even been able to raise like we we, we haven't raised any capital yeah. so the funding that we got was actually a grant so it wasn't yeah. like capital or anything so oh, i get it but so yeah. what i would like now to ask is yeah. since you're not really you're looking more of impact the social mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. that you're going that you're creating with yeah. these uh, students do you mind telling us maybe how many university students have you put into work not necessarily like um all the ones that have gone through training, I'm sure there are many, mm-hmm. but the ones that you've seen, okay, they actually got a job after this mm. training. Yeah, well, so, so far, because um, we had, the first cohort was very small. We started with 10, 
we had over 90 applicants in a, in a period of two weeks. Wow. But we only wanted to start small and test and also perfect the curriculum, the training curriculum, because this was the first time we were doing such a thing. So we didn't want to repeat exactly what they are learning in school. Yes. Or, so we wanted it to be very practical. Very So most of the times I sit with employers and ask them, what skill sets would you look for in a person who is starting at an entry level yeah. in this position. For example, if you want to finance entry level position, what skill sets should they have? And most of the times, these are even things that you don't have to learn in your specific um, major, or in your specific yeah. industry, yeah. right? Yeah. These are cross-cutting skills, mm-hmm. communications, they talk about teamwork. Mm-hmm. They want someone who is, you know, up to beat and fast and organized and, yeah. and someone who is very, um, Initiate like you know they take initiative, and so when I talk to most employers, they weren't looking for what we're studying in school, like finance, budgeting. Of course, they want that. They are not looking for if I studied economics and I'm going to do policy. Mm-hmm. They are not going to ask me like what's the demand curve versus the supply curve right so they want you to be able to take that concept and apply it in real life and say okay if we are going to make a policy around maybe resources how much resources do we have versus how much we need to give or we need to put to use and i think for most of the young people they have not been able to really think about ways in which school curriculum can fit into their work Um, and so going back to your question how many people have we seen Um, because we started very small we've only seen of course a very small number but for our numbers that's a huge number Mm -hmm. five people actually were placed um, and five are still looking um, for internship opportunities, volunteer experience. Most of them end up working for talent much in different things because as much as I want them to go, I also want to empower them to learn from where they, you know, you start with what you have. So they have talent much, they can learn with that. So most of the times I'll ask them, do like research on the industries and the skill sets that are being that are on demand or mm-hmm. I ask them figure out how many people that graduated this year mm-hmm. have jobs you know from maybe a particular university just to put them to work yeah. um, but I think for us our focus is not even placement but for us is do you have the skills that even when you're placed you can actually perform mm-hmm. so we are much more focused on the skills development and I mean, placement is a plus for us. So if we're able to place you, so a lot of people that I've talked to ask me, so are you a recruiting firm? How are you different from HR firms? And I always tell them, I'm not even competing with them. I can actually feed into their pipeline because Mm -hmm. I'm training people who are ready, getting them ready for their workforce. And they can go to any of these HR firms. And get jobs. Yeah, and get, you know, get placed. So for us, we're focusing more on the skills. Mm -hmm. We want people to be able to 
go for things they want to do, people to perform when they get to work, instead of an employer hiring you and firing you the next day. Mm-hmm. We want that whenever you get that opportunity, you will maximize it and you will know what to do with it. Um, and so that's really our focus, yeah. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. All right. So being a female founder, mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges that you have faced yeah. or um, continue to face? Yeah, well, I think there are two things. Um, I Usually when I'm going to do anything, I don't even think about myself as a female okay, or young. Yeah. Those are two things that usually stand in people's way. Right. When I go for something, I just go as Alan, as mm. someone who has this specific skill set. Mm. But of course, it doesn't mean that other people won't perceive you yeah. or try to box you yeah. up, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, for me... I don't think I've encountered something that, you know, hinders my progress just because I'm female. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are so many uh, people who mm-hmm. perceive female as not capable enough mm-hmm. to run something. Mm-hmm. And you even see it in companies where top leadership is usually men. Yeah. And you find like maybe one, and even one, you probably find them maybe marketing and maybe yes. HR and maybe finance. Mm. And for me, that's really heartbreaking because there are so many women who can do operations, who can run operations on ground and kill, like literally steal the show. Mm. There are women that I've met that are very strong and driven, but of course the stereotype is women are soft-spoken, you want yeah. them to perform, yeah. give them emotional, emotional <laughs> you know, like, I, I mean, not that I'm not emotional, but like emotions don't drive anything that I, I mean, I have empathy yeah, and that's why I started talent much. I have empathy, but there is a, there's a fine line, mm-hmm. you know, between empathy and emotion. I mean, business, yeah. like you yeah. don't mix business you and know? emotions, yeah. you so, know when to. It's very unfortunate that, you know, regardless of how you yourself feel or how you want to carry yourself. Mm-hmm still people will put you in a box the way they want they'll put you in a in a young people's box in Mm -hmm. a female founder's box um but i think we need to unbox ourselves and really just um do things that we want to do Mm -hmm. because if you don't nobody's going to do it anyway for you right so Mm -hmm. if i sit back and say well i'm I'm female i don't think i can do this whole thing there won't be someone else to do it or someone else will come in and do it it won't be me and so um but i'm I'm also encouraged that a lot of women in rwanda are actually unboxing themselves is the term maybe i'm going to choose most of women are trying to break through the window the cracked windows Mm. but it's it's tough of course Passing through a door is not the same as passing through a window, window, right? So in a window, you will struggle more, you will push more, you will maybe get cut, you get hurt. Whereas if you pass through an open door, it would have been much easier. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a challenge that not just me, but all women founders usually face. You go into a meeting, you meet with maybe an older man with 10 years of experience and they look at you and they're like (laughs) (laughs) and so you really just have to uh, grasp it with the idea that 
regardless of where you are, you should be consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, whether you are with an old um, conservative random man yeah. who doesn't believe you should even be at the work, yeah. or you're with, you just have to compose yourself and carry the same respect for everyone. And yeah, go and hope for a better day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I like your yeah. analysis of yeah. we're passing through a cracked window while other people are using the door. That's a very good yeah. way of explaining it. So, what are some of the? I'm so sorry, I'm mm-hmm. taking you back. That's okay. <laughs> talent match. Yeah, maybe just a bit more. Uh, what are some of the skills that you guys offer? At uh, yeah. talent match, because yeah. you, you said communication skills mm-hmm. and all those. Yeah. What are, what are the other skills? That you yeah. Use? So we're mostly now focusing on um, soft skills, mm. uh, but the goal is to eventually move into industry specific skills, which means we'll start with general skills mm-hmm. and then move to specific industries and analyze each industry separately and create training programs around it. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we're focusing on team building, communication, leadership. Uh, we do finance uh, for non-finance uh, professionals. So because we believe uh, you need to be able to empower yourself to be able to even have the confidence to, and that also includes finance. So in building confidence, we focus on a lot of different things. Your ability to communicate, your ability to network, your ability to uh, manage the resources that you have and mm-hmm. use them effectively. Mm-hmm. And so we have uh, different pieces and then we also have uh, project management and different things. But most of the times we have core courses, I mean core training um, like curriculum and then our trainers most of the times we also ask them so we also have entrepreneurship as part of our core mm-hmm. um, but we've had trainers who come from native tech background they're not going to teach you how to quote yeah. but they want to also teach you what it's like to be a professional in a tech let's say company or to be a, a coder there's this stereotype that people who do hands-on like tvets and coding and mm-hmm. And like these engineers, that they don't have some skill sets, and so we look for people who have who are in that space, yeah. but still emulate some level of uh, professionalism and the skill sets that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And they usually uh, create uh, training around their skills mm-hmm. um, and the industry as a whole. Then we incorporate it. So we try to do employer informed. Um, kind of programming instead of us sitting back and saying let's create this program I think it's cool no we we go and ask employers if you were to have someone what would you look for and then from that we take and create a program mm-hmm. yeah um, you talked about how the process but I just want to know like the like a brief description of how a student is it an application mm-hmm. is it what process does someone process. go through yeah so the first uh, cohort and we'll hopefully maybe open it up a bit more but the first um, cohort we sent out applications social media everywhere friends and whatsapp and everyone um, we opened it up for two weeks people applied um, and in two weeks we closed we reviewed all the applications, so 90 plus applications, mm-hmm. and review it like handwritten, like, I mean typed uh, applications. Yeah. We review, we didn't know anybody. If you knew anyone, it was because you thought they would be great, but 
um, after the 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 venting, the screening process for the for for written, we selected thirty. And then from thirty we interviewed in person. So they did in person interviews and from in person interviews we selected ten mm-hmm. um, as the finalists. So the, the the process was a bit intense. I think people weren't expecting <laughs> yeah. it to be very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helped us to really gauge and also to see what the need is. And we realized in two weeks having more than 90 applicants is insane when we didn't even blow up the internet and put on every social media. We literally just sent out on WhatsApp, LinkedIn, and then I think maybe Instagram or Twitter. But that gave us a sense of how much people are longing to have this. Yeah, to have this. Um, And yeah, but we are hoping to open it up more. So we're currently looking to establish career centers. Uh, hopefully by end of 2020, early to mid 2020, mm-hmm. we will have career centers on a few schools, on a few uh, universities where we will actively be engaging students, and they can walk in, walk out every day, review their resumes, their cover letter, look at different company opportunities that we'll be providing. So we will hope to make it more available, mm-hmm. but this was more to prove. Um, and to also kind of um, hash out the, the curriculum, yeah. So we would like to know, do you have a role model or someone who inspires you? Someone who inspires me? I have so many. <laughs> uh, I have so many, um, I mean, in terms of maybe your way of life like for me I one of the person that really inspires me is Bonang Mateva I don't know if you know her she's usually a media personality but just her way with of the life DJ? she's not actually oh, Bonang she's, she's like um, a media personality okay so everything she kind of did maybe she was on radio and TV mm-hmm. and maybe she couldn't get people to produce her show she ended up just starting her own pro- like production company her own right. app so she literally controls her own uh, story or content mm. and that's what I admire so much about her maybe someone else's way of life you kind of yeah I think I've, I mean uh, until I became exposed to the world and like education and everything uh, I learned most of the things from my mother Oh, nice. Um, and I mean, my mother is. Uh, I mean, everyone loves their mother. Yeah. Or, or at least yeah. they think they're like. <laughs> their mother is like you an know, inspiration. Yeah. yeah, but I learned a lot from her, and education, exposure, everything came topping up. Um, but in terms of um, like career and and people, what they do, and and just someone who I usually admire their work. Um, is uh, she actually passed away? But Maya Angelou. Um, I like. I mean, she was a poet yeah. and she was a writer. And but the the essence in which she did her work and her passion um, is something that can be translated in different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course they were. These are people who were working through hard times, but they still were persistent, pushed, and even in circumstances where it was difficult, Mm. they were able to push through. And I mean, she became one of the most known Mm. poets and one of the legends. So I think for me, I always 
see you know difficult and you don't have to start from you know the top she started from nothing from scratch literally and she worked her way up yeah. and so i i see that as inspiration for me yeah okay. nice. and of course her artwork is amazing <laughs> her, poetry, yeah. her poetry is really really nice yeah so another personal question uh what are your long-term goals uh well your long-term goals as well as for talent match mm. what are you yeah, I think my long-term goals are almost the same as talent match. Yeah. And this, I think for me, I would like to see uh, talent match impacting more people, mm-hmm. um, being active on, on, you know, where we're needed and um, just working so hard to close the gap and seeing some impact. So at least uh, two years from now, I would ideally like to see every campus with a very active um, career service center. And mm-hmm. not just where you go and do your resume, but where you actually meet employers, where employers come to recruit. I'm not just looking at someone coming in and doing a public speaking course, and I mean a public speaking workshop and then leaving and yeah. never seeing mm-hmm. them again. I want something that is engaging and it's on a daily basis where recruiters don't have to really hire through, to spend a lot of money to go to recruiting firms. They can mm-hmm. easily recruit someone who's finishing because they have vetted them enough, because they know they've gone through the training, because mm-hmm. they know they're capable. And that would just cut so much of the cost for a lot of companies and organizations. So that's really my goal. And to see a lot of young people just going for things and doing things and not making it. Yeah, like changing the whole narrative that Randans graduate and they just need five, three years of experience to be able to perform. Mm. That's just not okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a big problem you just mentioned. Yeah. They expect entry level <laughs> to have experience. Yeah, which is kinda hard. but most of the times the reason they're asking for that is because they know if they bring you in at your zero level of experience, you will, not, you will just be too much work for them mm-hmm. because you will not know what to do. Instead of them diving into teaching you what to do at your job, mm-hmm. they're teaching you how to do other things you should already know. So most employers don't have time to waste. They are in to do what they need to do. And and so instead of hiring someone who you're going to teach from zero and teach them how to even write a proper email, Mm -hmm. you just go and find someone from somewhere else who has the capabilities and will just jump into the work. So hopefully we can change that. Yeah, Yeah. very, very nice. So, um, what are some of your other hobbies, except talent match? <laughs> um, yeah, if I'm not doing talent match, I'm usually uh, playing tennis. Wow, you play tennis. I do, um, and I also do some exercising, like running, I do yoga, but mostly I love, I love tennis. Wow, yeah. okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, looking into your, maybe someone who's looked to you on, online, they see that you travel a lot. Or okay. you like traveling. I do. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You really did recently. <laughs> yeah. We did had to know. Yes. Um, what's your favorite city or what city have you visited that's like. Yeah. I mean, I've visited a lot of uh, different cities and I've lived in a couple, but 
Um, that's a tough one. Well, I mean, it will sound cliche, but um, I have different cities for different purposes. That's nice. great. Yeah. Um, so I've, wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> Usually it's very easy because I think of, okay, if I want to go for this, this, this. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like um, Chicago. And the reason I like Chicago is um, the history, but also just the way the city is um, organized. I mean, it's very much similar to like New York or, you know, the, the way it's laid out, but it's much more organized. It has a lot of art. I mean, architecture-wise, it's amazing. Um, I do feel like Gandhi is borrowing a lot of ideas yeah. from Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Um, sometimes I see like, you know, all the changes and I, I feel like this is becoming a little bit more like Chicago. Um, <laughs> but of course, I love Kigali mm-hmm. in the evening. I, I just love parts of Kigali. In the evening? In the, the evening. Meals. Particularly uh, because I love walking. Oh, um, okay. So I walk a lot the in the evening. And mm-hmm. so for me, Kigali is my favorite in the, in the evening at mm-hmm. night. Like, of course, I like it on a normal day, but in the evening, that's when it feels more special. Even when mm-hmm. I'm somewhere else, there's no other place I feel the Same way I, well. the, I the way, yeah the way I feel about Kigali in the evening is different. I've never felt th- that way anywhere. But even the atmosphere in the evening, yes, just, yeah, the, I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's also fa- for safety. I mean, Kigali is really safe. Yeah, so yeah. Walking yeah, absolutely. Night, you can yeah. do runs even at five a.m. Yeah. yeah, it's really really yeah, nice. Sure. So before we let you go, we would like to play a small game. Okay. But uh, we're all going to play as well. Okay. It's called Would You Rather? And I'll go off with the first question. Uh, The first question is, would you rather give up your social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? You know, this sounds like my niece. (laughs) My niece asks me questions like that. Okay. (laughs) Would I rather give up my social media or eat the same thing for the I would, yeah, I will give up my social media in a heartbeat. You would give up your social media? I mean, I love food, so even me, I rather same, give up right? my social yeah, media. I, don't, I can't eat the same yeah. thing. It also takes away the adventure in, okay, in the exploring court. food. Yeah. yeah. Where would you drink? I think I'd, I'd just go with. Well, they're both not really important <laughs> in my life, so they're both not important to you. The food okay, yeah. bit, the yeah. social media. But if you had to choose one, eat the same dinner. When I mean, you can use your friends for spreading the information, yeah. you can. You yeah. can. Mm. I think I'll just go with. Um, I'll just eat. This. You eat the same dinner. Wow. <laughs> so what food? What food would you eat every yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Every day. And you want? I'll go for maybe rice and isombe. Okay. Every day. Wow. 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 <laughs> You're not a foodie for sure. <laughs> They're not right. Um, okay, so yeah. the second question, mm-hmm. know the date of your death or the cause of your death? This is tricky. Mm. Mm. Know the cause of your death or... The date. The date. I think, I mean, if I knew the date... I mean, the cause of my death, I would die anyway. So. Yes. <laughs> the cause, if I died, or you know, 
from being sick or accident, it's still death. But I will, I think I would like to know when, so mm. that I can prepare. prepare? Mm. I think I wouldn't want to know when, mm. because it would really limit me. Me knowing I'm dying tomorrow. <laughs> You always think about it. Yeah. So I'm thinking if I know the cause of my death, I'm just going to be avoiding that That, one thing. Well, but if you know what's going to cause your death, then you will actually try to... Let's say it's a motto, you won't get on a motto. If it's food, you will not eat for the rest of it. I think I'll be paranoid if I knew the date. I'd rather not know, but I know, you know what, I'm going to die because I can't... I think it would be nice to have... A like a day, a limit. Yeah, because if you needed to get something done, like you just, you just get it done, because you know you don't have that much. I mean, we should ideally actually work that way. Mm. Like we are dying tomorrow, well, or yeah, the next hour. But I think knowing it would put extra emphasis. Hmm. Yeah, that's a very good <laughs> point, actually. You know, but I'm sticking to my point. I rather know what killed me. I think I'd rather know what's going to kill me and maybe what killed me, given that knowing the day that I'm going to die would definitely make me paranoid. But then, <laughs> <laughs> paranoid people. Then again, uh, you will also day. be paranoid either way. Yeah, because you're like, I can do either, this. Either way, you will uh, be paranoid. What if it's like you die in your sleep, so you want sleep? But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, knowing what killed you, what does it change? Like, it really doesn't change much. But yeah. knowing when you're dying changes everything. Yeah. Literally. Oh, yeah. It changes everything. Yeah. I think for me, I just don't want to know because I know my mind won't stop thinking mm. about when I'm dying. <laughs> so I might not get things done because I'm like paranoid of the day I'll die. But if I know what's killed me, mm. I might just be like, you know, it's a motto. I'm going to avoid all motors and my mm. day is going to be good. <laughs> I think I'll definitely go with them. The, um, I'd rather not know the day at all because then I'll just leave because I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I won't have to feel like maybe okay no maybe I'm dying on 28 no I'll leave my life <laughs> so th- that means very different she rather knows her yeah, day so she yeah. can plan out what to do yeah, before yeah. Uh, yeah. third question and then the third question is um, would you rather have the lights on or off if you knew there was a room, I mean, there, there was a. If you knew the room was full of snakes, this is weird. Like, okay, okay first of all, I don't like snakes. Exactly, okay. no one does. Okay, it's, it's just like okay. Would you rather on? Or I, oh on? yeah, well, probably on. Yeah. You want to? You like to see the snakes? I don't like them, but I need to make sure I'm safe. <laughs> so I don't want to be in a room mm-hmm. of darkness with snakes. No, 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 no. I think I'll do the same because yeah. I'd rather see it coming yeah. rather then we than can me just or... praying and saying, okay, God, just... No, but I... you see, when there's no yeah. light, they really probably... But they can't... Do they have vision? I'm not really sure about Oh, but they see in the night, though. There's something they do. They, they're nocturnal. So it's the same yeah. thing. I'd rather see them. Yeah. I mean, same. Yeah. I'd rather see... Now we have one thing. <laughs> we yeah, have really on. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. see the snakes. Yeah. The yeah. last question, mm. would you rather lose the ability... To lie or believe everything you're told. Hmm. I think losing the ability to lie is. A, is a, I mean, we're every day working on ourselves not to lie. Yeah. yeah. And so, but the ability, but believing everything <laughs> that <laughs> you're told. <laughs> That's, uh, that's I don't want to be that person. 
I do not. I do believe. Yeah. Of course, I do have a lot of trust, and most of the times, I believe if I know you, you tell me something, I I literally believe it. But at the same time, um, it's 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 part of um, what. It's it's good to question things yes. and to not just take things literally, mm. and so I don't think I would like to believe everything. So you rather lie? <laughs> you rather yes. stay lie? But no, you said taking mean, away the ability. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> true, true. So yeah. I would rather. Ra- would you rather lose the ability? So you rather the not ability lose. to lie? Yeah. So you rather not lose that ability to lie. So you lie, oh. and that way you don't have to believe everything that you're told. It's tricky. Def- yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very tough question, but I mean, I I don't know about like lying how it would help me, but I know definitely not believing everything that is told to me will be actually beneficial. So I'm choosing something I see that benefiting me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. think. <laughs> I rather not believe everything I'm told. Mm. Yeah, I mean sometimes I do believe that a little white lie is necessary. Like if someone comes and tells you, "Oh, I love this dress. How do I look?" Even if you know they don't yes. look good, you kind of have to tell them. You look good. It depends on how. The, for me, I believe and I don't always lies, have to hurt feelings. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. You don't want yeah. to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, I do not. Lie. So yeah, but sometimes I do lie to not hurt someone's feelings. I would rather lose the ability to lie. Honestly. But believe everything you're told. Yeah, because so I'm we tell you, the... wow, you look so lovely today, but you have something over uh, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm hoping you don't lie to me as well. Okay, so you're just gonna hope people also don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but you know sometimes the maybe existing. The energy you give out is the same yeah. energy that you get. Right. So yeah. True. If people know that you're always telling the truth, right, they'll rather not lie to you. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll just try at least to be truthful, even if they're lies. Yeah. That's also another yeah. good concept. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was a fun game. Yeah. 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 A, For people. I mean, who, I would choose not everything. <laughs> not, <laughs> some not. of them might too hard to. To kind yeah. of truth, yeah, yeah, that's the hard thing. Yeah. So for people who would like to reach you mm-hmm. and uh, maybe are interested in talent match or mm-hmm. even as you, Alan Kenunga, yeah. how can they contact you? Uh, well, it's easy. It's social media. Mm-hmm. I hope that you did take it away. Yes. <laughs> um, so we do, they can visit our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's talentmatch, www.talentmatch.rw. Mm. Um, they can also reach out to me personally. Yeah. And on social media, I'm Alan Kendunga everywhere. If you mm-hmm. go any social media where I am, mm-hmm. you will find me as Alan Kendunga. I never change anything. And if you reach out, I will reach back. Yeah. All right. Another thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Another thing. Um. Well, before you go, would you like to give advice to people who are trying to get into business? Maybe okay, or you already gave out advice mm-hmm. for women, yeah, yeah, women founders. But yeah. maybe would you like to give more advice to people to, who just want to venture into yeah. business? Yeah, so I think business is really just finding a problem mm-hmm. that you want to solve that you're so passionate about. Of mm-hmm. course, you can just go into a business just doing whatever you want yeah. or whatever you you see so you need to 
as long as you see a problem, mm. that's probably a call for you to think about how to solve it. And most of the times, that problem solving will come with a business idea in, behind it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you have ideas and they just die ideation or just in your thoughts so I think uh, talk about it with people tell them ask them I mean when I first start started to think about talent much I just thought it would be just one tiny program where we select like a few and that's it and then I realized the problem we're trying to solve is actually bigger yeah. and so we need to find ways to actually uh, open it up to mm. more people and mm. so uh, talk to people and that came from really talking to a lot of people and realizing there's a bad, much bigger need and mm. the government is now really putting a lot of effort into skills development RD mm. and everyone WDA yeah. and so find a problem talk to people about it mm-hmm. and what you your, you think your solution is mm-hmm. because sometimes what you think is not mm-hmm. what the reality is yeah um or what will actually solve the problem. So talk to people and then just have their patience and persistence because mm-hmm. it's not going to kick off that very day or the next day sometimes, but just keep pushing and eventually things will Open up. happen. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. This was yeah. a very interesting interview. Even I got to learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe, share and follow us on our socials. For Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, our handle is Let's Start Now Pod. Thank you guys. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good day. Bye.